hi welcome to just thinking out loud my name is desiree i'm going to be giving my take on what happened with george floyd and also discussing the public's response to that i think there are two different perspectives you can have one is sort of analytical and evidence-based surrounding the narratives and then another one i think is spiritual that's the only word i can use to describe it and i think they're both important and i'm just going to tell you what i think oh my god what am i doing so first of all when this video surfaced on the internet it's funny people didn't immediately respond to it it was like oh that happened and then for me personally and i think i noticed the same pattern in other people it was the day after that you're like wow that's a really haunting image and what it's showing is absolutely unjust and it great at my moral sensibilities so that was the experience that i had however very soon after you start seeing the narratives about black lives matter come out and about how this is just an example of something that happens every day in the united states it's a racist country with white supremacists everywhere and black people in particular are unjustly treated by the police. If you've watched any of my content surrounding these topics, you know that I definitely don't agree with that idea of the US being inherently racist or white supremacist. I don't believe in it. And I'm not going to go into it now. If you want, you can go and watch my past videos because they're pretty much still irrelevant. Now, this idea, the analytical side of it, where you can look at one particular incident and then get riled up by it and attribute that to the rest of society and say that this one thing and the multiple ones that have been covered in the past in the news media that represents what's happening in america is just flawed and that thinking <laughs> i think is the first issue that needs to be addressed when people are responding to it one emotional very emotional incident yes that should be addressed even if it's one person that's something you want to improve so that police officers or anyone who has that level of power over other people don't abuse that it's difficult to do that because this is something that happens on the individual level all the people there not just the one police officer but the other police officers and then the bystanders everybody's making decisions moment by moment about what they do there's a lot that goes behind why someone decides to become a police officer what was happening leading up to that point in time what's going on in their lives for every person involved including george floyd so i have to say that in some ways outside pressure in terms of training or narratives about the police that has an influence but you shouldn't i don't think you should forget the individual people they're all meeting and there's a lot that they're bringing with them so i think that's important to mention the number of people who are killed by the police i've been seeing this number about 19 white people in 2019 who are being killed unarmed by the police and nine uh for black people in the united states those numbers are extremely extremely small and you also have to put into the context of these policemen protecting a lot of black people uh, from crimes committed upon them by other black people and i think that it's important to realize in general people who are black are more involved with violent crime and they have more encounters with the police that's backed up by data just crime statistics it's also backed up by data from 
witness reports, like people saying who they're interacting with, citing the race of the person. If you have one group of people having encounters with the police more frequently than another, they're more likely to be in armed conflict and then bad things happen from that. So if you look at just police interaction and then look at how often in terms of the police interaction that people are killed by these police, often not just white, and you compare it to another group of people, not just whites exist in the US, which is what I always say, but those are the groups people like to compare because of the historical context of that. There is not much difference. I saw someone on Twitter talking about how people only bring up all the white people who are the majority of those who are unfairly killed by the police when they're trying to uh, deflect from what's happening to black people. When I heard that argument, I kind of flipped it off my head because you could also say nobody cares about police brutality in general unless it's about black people and I think that's not any worse than saying nobody cares about white people unless it's to deflect about black people but if people are only focusing on police brutality when it's about black people then do they really care about police brutality at all like that's a question that you have to ask if people are only paying attention aren't all those other lives very important I think they are. And that sort of goes into the what I call the spiritual side of it. Identity politics is inherently selfish. It asks you to focus on the group that you're a part of more so than other groups because your group is being victimized. However, if you want, this is the point I really want to make in this video. If you want people to treat you well, you cannot be coming from a selfish perspective. Selfishness begets more selfishness. If someone is treating you badly and you decide to also treat them badly, do you know what's going to happen? They're also going to treat you badly. I know that sounds really simple, I know it seems unfair, but if you're trying to get people to listen to you, you have to listen to them. If you're trying to get people to see the humanity in you, you have to see the humanity in them. And I think that's really as simple as it sounds. The biggest takeaway I've had from all of this, because there are people, a lot of not just black people, but white people who are advocating for black people, talking about making black people special. And I just don't think anything good can come from that. If you're only focusing on one group, by default, you're ignoring the rest of them. And I also, I was talking about the analytical part of it. I don't think they're actually being treated more unfairly, but even if they were, you have to come together as a unit. And I see the Black Lives Matter movement as similar to the feminism movement, where I don't really see it as wrong for one group of people to say, oh, I want to focus on this aspect of my personality and help that. So if they want to focus on their feminine side and like the analyze injustice through that lens, I think they can do that. I personally wouldn't join something like that because I think it's selfish. Um, but I want to distinguish between people coming together as a community and then people using force, particularly through the state, which is what people advocate for in order to help those groups. I think that's where it turns really dangerous. So even though I'm not a fan of black identity in general, I don't see anything wrong with people coming together as what they think of as a black community and trying to help each other in that way. As long as it's done voluntarily, if you want to build up your community, I think it's okay if you do that. However, if you then ask society on a hold, which is, I think, supposed to be serving everybody in society to focus on those groups of people, such as through governmental affirmative action programs, I think that's wrong. So that's where I'm coming from. 
A couple of other points I wanted to make. It doesn't really matter how he died. They've been coming out with two different competing reports about how he died, even though at the end of the day, it came from lack of breath. But whether or not it was directly from the police or from stuff that he was doing, drugs, stuff like that. No matter what George Floyd was doing, the police, I don't think anyone should have that kind of power over another human being, but we do. That's how we've figured out how to live civilized in a civilized fashion together and what I think would be better is I think too idealistic if I'm honest with myself but I do think that would be better so we have police police protect people sometimes police are doing good when they can but that was a gross misuse of power I think in the vast majority of cases that doesn't happen However, I do think it's good for it to spark, just like I thought Black Lives Matter was great in terms of sparking people actually focusing on how often the police kill unarmed people, starting to actually track those statistics, which wasn't happening before. I think some good can come from this in terms of how police respond to body signals, for example, from victims or people that they're say they're trying to help, especially under high pressure situations. And also remembering that police have mental health issues just like everybody else in the population. And I was talking to Tree of Logic about this, who's a former police officer, and she was saying that that cop probably had to deal with so many incidents with violent criminals, black, who don't treat them well. Her words are that you get disconnected and jaded and you don't care anymore. And I would call that as checking out. And think about it. If you have a group of people who they're serving these communities, like it's important to not forget that there are innocent people who are harassed and live in fear of criminals every day like that's important to remember the police are doing a job but if you're putting these people out there who decide to serve some of them for not good reasons because people who have bad reasons to want to be in positions of authority will seek them out but sometimes people have good reasons and you're not specifically caring for their mental health in these types of situations this is what will happen so i think my personal suggestions and i know there are many out there are to take care of police officers particularly mentally because that's not something that you can be in a situation i think one person could be in for a long period of time and not disconnect like you have to desensitize yourself in some ways and then also someone was mentioning to me i haven't watched it myself that joe rogan was talking about uh, jiu-jitsu and learning body language of individuals and what it's actually communicating and teaching that more to police officers I see incidents like this happen again because of the things I've mentioned in this video accidents happen the whole checkout phenomenon but going back to my main point is that you cannot get love which is really what black people at least say they're asking for from hate and I think if you're being selfish, that is not coming from a place of love. That's how I see it. And also in terms of the narratives, if you only look at particular incidents, that's not how you look at data and form a narrative around it. So I hope that that was helpful. I'm sure some of you wanted to hear what I had to say on the situation. Police brutality is something that should be dealt with, but I think the ways to deal with it are not through violent acts or even hateful acts. I think it comes from trying to take care of police officers counterintuitively, even though you're trying to rebel against them doing bad things. You need to help them reconnect to the humanity in themselves. And 
I think a lot of things would change if people do that. One more thing I wanted to mention was that you shouldn't put the actions of individuals onto groups. Statistical groups about patterns are not the same as individuals. And in a lot of media that I was seeing on Twitter in particular today, people keep talking about individuals like they're there's like an individual person on the screen. I'll try and show an example, but they say X people do this. Like I see over and over and over again. No, there's one person doing something. Like it's not this group of people. And I keep seeing that not in one particular direction. And that mindset and thinking comes from identity politics and it's inaccurate and contributes a lot to the division that we see. Okay, so thank you for listening or watching. If you like my content, leave a comment and let me know what you think, but also subscribe and please donate to keep the content going. Please support the show at justthinkingoutloud.tv slash donate. I would really appreciate it. I hope you have a good day and stay safe. Bye. I just thought I would talk about more things. I do think that the incident is being used as a political tool pretty much by all sides. And I think that some people have planned for this. I think that people's compassion can be manipulated very well, particularly with identity politics. And that everyone's reasoning reaction to this shows a lack of critical thinking. And I don't know how you change that, but I did have the thought that people are kind of dumb. I did have that thought and I will get in trouble for that statement, but for the reasoning bit of it, yes. But then remember what I said about the spiritual or emotional bit. I don't think you need to be very smart to get that stuff. And I think that is something that is fed that kind of what I call selfish thinking and behavior through reasoning. But I do think it's a choice that people make to come from that place of viewing themselves or other people as victims and not striving for moral goodness or cultivating that in other people. And I think that's very disheartening. I'm aware that what I'm saying is very emotional based, but I think that's really really important that that's what i think about this situation even though you can say all the statistical stuff that i also think is true and have gone into before but the inherent selfishness i think really says a lot about like identity politics and what people are choosing to focus on in their hearts i think that's important <laughs> i guess i'm being female <laughs> <laughs>